from that, you know, we started getting radio interviews, TV interviews, newspaper, magazine, and it just it just kind of escalated because there was no one else really at, at the the coal face that had the it was the advocate and the voice for FIFO. So I, I guess I just by default came that, and with every media interview, we'd get you know more people coming to us and companies taking notice and government and you know MPs. It was it was amazing. Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy. For years now, I've been asked the same questions. How does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. How do I get a job doing that? Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What is it really like and what does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? This is a happy hour episode where I sit down for a relaxed chat usually over a few beers with someone from the mining lifestyle family. Now let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? (laughs) I crack me up. (laughs) Welcome to episode 14. Today I chat with Nicole Ashby, founder and former director of FIFO Families. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks, Mad Mumsy. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's uh, really awesome to get to meet you finally after a few email sessions here and there. Yeah, likewise, likewise. (laughs) As this podcast is called the Beers with a Minor podcast, I like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favourite beverage and also their favourite time to enjoy it. It could be a beer, wine, spirit or perhaps even a cup of tea. What's yours, Nicole? I am having a cup of tea right now, but Mad Mumsy, my favourite drop at the moment is from a beautiful winery in the southwest of WA called Windance, and they do the best rosé that I've ever tasted, and I love it. So that's my little special (laughs) go-to. Oh, rosé, lovely. Oh, it's a really nice balance. A little bit of fizz, a little bit of sweets, beautiful. Oh, lovely. And where do you like to be when you have that? Oh, normally just at home with my family, actually, yeah. And I do oh. like my beers as well, absolutely. What sort of beer do you drink? Um, 50 Lashes Pale Ale. 50, 50 Lashes? Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's good, it's good. <laughs> oh, well, um, as this is a little earlier than most of my interviews have been so far, I'm actually having a water because I've had about three coffees and that's enough. I'll be running off the walls. So <laughs> I'll have a beer after our interview yeah. to celebrate because you're over in WA, so we have a two-hour time difference. So Yeah, so it's a bit early yeah. for me to have a beer. That's why I'm having my cup of tea as well. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so I've done a little uh, intro to our listeners. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Nicole, perhaps um your family, how, you know, I just said that you're in WA, but. Yeah, sure. Sure, Mad Mumsy. So originally I'm from Victoria, but I've been living in Perth for about 20 years now. Um, I have a background in social welfare, social work and management and secondary school teaching. And in um, 2010, I decided to set up uh, my own business. And that really came about um, my husband, Joe, started working offshore in 2008 on the oil rigs on a four-week-on, four-week-off roster. Um, and we got into that basically due to financial stress because we started our family in 2005 and, um, you know, it was really tough on one income. So he got into um, the oil rig and off, sorry, offshore um, work and 
you know, it, it was a lifestyle that I, like many people doing FIFO, there was no induction. There was no, this is what it's like, to the point where my poor husband, <laughs> he didn't even get told what to take onto the, the chopper um, for the, the ride out to the rig for his first three-week um, stint. You know, and he got there and the guys laughed at him and said that his bag was too heavy. But there was no there was no information as, you know, this is what you need to take or you should take or you shouldn't take. So he took a lot thinking I'm going for three weeks. Um, but it was it was through that and the challenges of the FIFO life that I really decided to set up um, FIFO Families and I ran that for, for five years. For five years? Well, isn't that amazing? They didn't even tell him how much weight he could have. Yeah, nothing. That's... <laughs> That's it. how much was he allowed out of interest? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure, but it was, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. So, you know, after that, then he would just take out, you know, toiletries, a little bit of food, and, and socks and jocks. <laughs> Pretty much, that's a, you know, that's about it. Maybe one or two changes of clothes, but yeah, I, it was. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure of the actual um, allowance, but it wasn't much. Yeah, I know my sister who's been on our show, um, the Hard Hat Mentor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She the first time that she, I don't know if it's the first time, but on a little plane, she said, what do you mean? My toiletries weigh more than that. <laughs> it was seven kilos or something. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, how could I only take that much? And then I think she started taking a little bit because she had a permanent room. Each time she went on the flight, she took a bit more. But then when it's time to leave, you only get one flight. Yeah. And you've got 10 trips worth of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) you got 20 kilos to bring back. Oh, Ah, the challenges. Yeah. Did you set up FIFO families straight away or you just started talking to other people and found out that no one was being told? these sorts of things of what you know what what to prepare for what you should know yeah pretty much I started my business um the wrong way around so instead of going out (laughs) to research um I I work quite closely with my mentor Paul Council here in Perth and so we started living the FIFO lifestyle in 2008 and in 2010 I started working with my mentor no actually that was 2009 um And then I thought, right, I want to set up a business. I didn't really want to go back to teaching. I wanted to work for myself. So we'd we'd meet in these cafes um, in Leaderville in Perth. And I said to him, because at the time we've got three kids now um, who are aged uh, six, nine and nearly 11. And in 2010, my daughter was six months old and my boys were two and a half and four and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then my my husband was doing four weeks on, four weeks off. And I said to my mentor, Paul, I said, how can I do anything? How can I set up a business when I've got three kids at home, four and under, for 24-7, for 28 days with limited support? Like, how can I do anything, let alone set a business? Yeah. And he, he said this one line that totally rocked my world, shook me to the core, like a thunderbolt of lightning. Just And he just said to me, if this is a problem for you, it's going to be a problem for other people. And from that moment, my brain exploded and I thought, oh, man, there's nothing out there. There's no community for FIFO. There's nobody helping support. There's nobody that's bringing people together. There's no one that's showing them tips and tools of the trade. You know, we got into it with nothing and I just fumbled my way through it and, you know, I quite openly say of the of the um, seven years that my husband was doing FIFO, was it five years, um, you know, I nearly had two nervous breakdowns just because of the stress I was putting myself under. 
Um, so I thought, gosh, I've got to change this. I can change this. I can do something about it. And straight off the bat, I knew that I had to connect people physically. So I had to, um, and it was across Australia immediately. So I thought, right, I've got to get people connected locally, say in you know, like a, a 5K radius, because when shit happens, when you're in the FIFO lifestyle, it's always when your partner's away. It's not when they're yeah. home. If the no. car's going to break down, the washing machine's going to blow up, someone's going to break into your house, it's going to be when your partner's away. Murphy's Law, hands down. So I thought if I can get people connected so they can share the challenging times when their partner's away and help each other out, whether it's cooking meals, hanging out at night, looking after each other's kids, being together on weekends, I thought that's going to improve things for thousands and thousands and thousands of FIFO workers and families across the country. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that's that was the initial thought. And is that your little dog in the background? It's actually two dogs that we're, that we're dog sitting at the moment. Oh, cool! Sorry. Oh, that's no, that's all right. I, I should be able to get it out. I was I was just going to ask what your dog's name is, <laughs> but they're not yours. Yeah, well, that's um, Coco and Elby. I'll just shut my door a bit. That's okay. Normally, pretty quiet. Someone must have walked past the front. I babysit my daughter's little mini Foxy and she's home today and I said, right, so where are you two going while I do this interview? <laughs> they're, off to the, they're off to the beach. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you said that you, you went about it backwards but you also did discover that there was a, a pain and which is that's the, one of the first things they say when creating a business is find a pain that needs fixing and if you know how to fix it share that so you came across that Mm -hmm. which which is good so how did you then start to uh did you ask other people no as well other than just your mentor no that's I didn't do any research (laughs) I just I just thought if I'm struggling with this because you know I've got a a minor in psychology and a background in social work so I thought right with the particular set of skills that I've got and I know about mental health and I know when I'm getting wobbly and I'd get very wobbly on week three. And it took me about four years to realise that week three, home alone with the kids would always trip me up. But besides that, I thought, well, hang on. So if I'm getting wobbly on a four-week-on, four-week-off roster, what about people on a four-week-on, one-week-off roster? How the hell are they coping? If I'm struggling and my husband's home for four weeks, what the? Yeah. So I just thought, gosh, there's um, people that are doing it tougher than we are. And I thought, and they're not going to have the skills and experience that I've got. So what the hell are they doing? You know, are they getting assistance? Are they just going under? So I just thought, you know, I can actually do something about it. So it was more about the belief that I could create change and do something positive. So I just jumped into it. So we drew down the mortgage. We set up the the original website, got some, you know, basic branding done um, and just you know started I think the I think the website launched in October 2010 and I remember being really excited in December 2010 because we had 100 people registered on the website and I was like oh my <laughs> god oh, yeah. us. Oh, yeah that's fantastic so it grew really fast yeah it did. word of mouth was a a big thing or how how did you get the word out there uh well yeah word of mouth um it's quite interesting because there was um nothing really like what we were doing out there people were actually searching for FIFO support 
um, on the internet, but nothing was coming up until we came onto the scene. There was, wow. There's also Mining Family Matters, which is a fantastic organisation, providing a lot of research, but they weren't doing the, the actual physical get-togethers that we were doing. So people would email me and say, oh, my God, finally there's something there for us. You know, I've just felt so alone, so isolated, so dark. Um, but finally the, there's something there. There's a community for us. So that was the feedback we were getting. And then in December 2010, um, I had a, I was doing a course with my mentor and there was an ex-journalist in that course and I said to her, look, I want to get my Christmas event because we'd always do big events at Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day and Easter where, and I call them pinch point events because you really feel the pinch when you're separated from your partner when they're on site. And I said to this friend of mine, look, can you help me write a media release together so we can get some coverage for our first Christmas event? So she did and we got into the the West Australian, the main WA newspaper for the state came out and um, interviewed myself and my husband, took a photo and really that's where it started. So people in West Australia started seeing that and from that point, you think 2010, it was really coming up to the boom as well. It was right in the middle of the, the boom for, for FIFO mining. Yeah. Um, and from that, you know, we started getting radio interviews, TV interviews, newspaper, magazine, and it just it just kind of escalated because there was no one else really at, at the the coal face that had the it was the advocate and the voice for FIFO. So I guess I just by default came that, and with every media interview, we'd get you know more people coming to us and companies taking notice and government and you know MPs. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it certainly has been fantastic to watch that journey unfold. I know that especially when the government inquiry into suicide and mental health mm-hmm. over in WA, was it, that wasn't federal, was it? That was in WA? Yeah, there was a federal FIFO yeah. inquiry in 2000 and mm, mm, before the change of government, uh, maybe it was 2012. And then last year was the WA, yep. FIFO Mental yeah. Health, yeah. That's big. And I thought, this Nicole lady, she <laughs> from FIFO Family, she's every time I turned on the TV, there you were, and <laughs> newspapers and morning TV shows and all sorts. And I'm like, go, girl, get out there and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, tell people what it's really like. Yeah. And that, that's got a lot to do with why I've started my mad mumsy journey and I started off writing and now podcasting and interviewing people because so many people think they'll get a dream job in the mines that'll fix everything Mm -hmm. but they just don't understand what it what it can be what it's like you know to be away and that's a fantastic little statement that you had there you said earlier about pinch points yeah and there are so many pinch points that people don't you, you don't even think about they think oh I'm going to be on the money yeah we can handle being apart for a while but like you say if shit's going to go down it's going to go down while while your partner's away yeah 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 and it's also good kids if that's right I mean we could sit here for two hours and list off all the all the things that could happen yeah yeah no and as in my case I'm I'm the person who actually goes away mm. to the mines to work mm, mm. so I know what it like what it's like when you're the one stuck out at bloody yeah. work yeah. and something's happened at home and you've got your kid ringing you up ball oh with one case with my daughter her um her mates had all been in a car crash and four had died oh, and one was in 
um, on life support. And she said, Mummy, I just need you. I need you, Mum. And I'm, I'm standing at a crib up in the middle of Queensland, you know, and it just, oh, anyway, yeah. It's things like that that people, and it just comes down, you don't care about money when when that is a pinch point right there. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. Totally. I would do a lot of workshops um, for FIFO families, um, we did a few in Queensland um, and obviously in WA. And there's this one experience that really made me understand that to the core. And I had to go out to Kalgoorlie, which is, you know, um, inland from, from Perth, for a mining company we were working with, the first company we were working with, um, Osdrill. And I went out for a manager's meeting. They had a big manager's meeting. So they flew me out and back for the day. And I had an au pair. So I had a nanny staying at home with us so I could run FIFO families. And I think my kids then were one, three and five and got out there, got to the airport, went to, to check in at, you know, sort of six o'clock at night, um, lots of FIFO workers out there. And I heard this rumbling that the plane was delayed and then it was, you know, oh, this plane's always delayed. And I thought, oh, well, you know, we'll get home. And then people were saying you should book accommodation tonight because, there's no plane that will come and replace that. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. You, you can't just leave a stranded 800 kilometres from Perth. Just send another plane. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I had to ring my au pair. It must have been about 7 o'clock and I rang my au pair and I said, oh, look, I'm stuck in Kalgoorlie. They're going to get us on the first plane they can because, of course, Joe was away at work and, and my mum was overseas. Um and, yeah, so I said to my au pair, you know, I'm stuck in Kalgoorlie. She said, okay, that's all right. But I just want to tell you that um, your daughter and your eldest son, so my, one of my five-year-old were vomiting. And I thought, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And I thought, is it gastro? Is it something worse? Far out? What do I do? And, you know, it was that a real mad panic, but this overwhelm of sense of um, hopelessness and powerlessness because I couldn't do anything and my two babies needed me and I wasn't there and their dad wasn't there and their grandma wasn't there. I just, it was horrible. And what happened, you know, we all got on the plane. There was air conditioning problems. They got us off the plane. We had to stay in Kalgoorlie overnight. I think I got back at 11 o'clock the next day. I rang a neighbour across the road and said, please go and check on my kids and make sure it's just gastro. Everyone was okay. It took me about a week to get over the guilt. But <laughs> the, the snapshot was which I hadn't really considered, I went, oh, my God, this is what it's like for my husband when he's 3,000 kilometres away in the middle of the ocean, something happens at home and I ring him whether I'm stressed or the kids are sick or, you know, something's happened and he's 3,000 kilometres away and cannot do a goddamn thing about it and then he's got to go to work. So that was just mm-hmm. such an insight. I went, whoa, and it just really made me aware of how difficult and horrible that feeling is. Um And I thought, well, I've got to share this with as many people as I can. And it also made me aware of, you know, what I would be saying to him as well sometimes in phone calls because he's stuck out there and he can't do anything about it. That's right. And especially the men are from Mars. They want to fix everything and they can't. (laughs) Excuse me, but they can't fix fuck all when they're in the middle of the ocean on an oil rig, can they? Exactly. And that's really disempowering for them. Exactly, mm. and so that um, that would have inspired you and made you become even more passionate to keep your story going. Or did it make yeah. you start to think, "Hang on a minute, I'm away from my family now for doing this." How did? Yeah, it was a bit of both. It was a bit of both because it was the guilt of 
I've started this business and I need to go away and then I'm sacrificing time with my children. So then from then on I'd just try and make it that I'd go when my husband was home where I could. But it did make me the most powerful thing was I have to share this particular story with as many partners as I can because, you know, I'd had I'd heard horror stories about, you know, um, some things that that predominantly women would say to their male partners on site. And I'm just thinking, but that that's really that can be quite nasty and that's gonna affect your partner and they've got to try and work and concentrate and not worry about what's happening at home, you know. Um, and some people would say, oh, well, if I'm having a bad day or there's something happening, I don't tell my partner because I don't want them to worry. I'm thinking, well, no, if it's if it's quite serious, you need to tell them. You can't just cut them out of it just because they're not here. They, they have a right to know. Um, so it's a real balance. But I think just making people aware that, you know, just be conscious that your partners, wherever they are on their FIFO job, um, and they mightn't be able to get home in a hurry. So just just bear in mind of what they're dealing with when they're away. Yeah, that's right. And also it makes it even more important to have some support when you are the one at home as well to get the little things off your chest and I guess process what are the bigger things that he or she needs to know, the mind worker needs to know. And then, um, yeah, because by not telling them that would make them feel left out on a lot of things and it comes up in conversation and they don't even know about it. But everyone at the barbie, <laughs> the barbecue on break knows about it, but why didn't I know about yeah, it? You can see exactly. how that become an issue as well. So, yeah, finding that balance. So touching once more on the, the community at home for the families, um, they're actually on, uh, online. I see a lot on Facebook page where people can – um, they'll put up something that's happening and then a lot of comments come under that and everyone's sort of helping each other out as as well as not just, um, no, not just isn't the right word, but um, not only the groups that you set up but also the online community that was set up as well. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you, you really need both. I think you yeah. it's important to have the, the physical support so people that are close to you so you can catch up and have dinner together or, you know, if you've not had sleep in three days and you're at home because you, your baby's been awake, you know, to have someone who lives around the corner who does FIFO as well and you can say, look, can you just have my kids for two hours so I can get a rest and then tomorrow I'll have yours? I mean, that's absolutely gold. Yeah. And the online platform is also equally important in terms of breaking down those feelings of isolation and loneliness, which is what we found was um, the number one biggest issue for the FIFO partner at home was that, that feeling of, well, it's just me and I'm all alone. Um, so that was, yeah, that was quite important to have have both of those. And then as, as Facebook gets bigger and social media gets bigger, that online forum I guess just gets bigger and bigger. But the danger with that is that you can go too much onto the online and then totally disconnect socially, physically, socially, you know, and that's really dangerous as well. And then also what we found was that there was lots of FIFO groups out there and people would email me and go, oh, Nicole, you need to get on this Facebook page because, you know, there's this one group, a woman set up the page, she was a FIFO wife and she set up this page for other FIFO wives but... You know, this one woman commented and said, I've just dropped my husband at the airport. 
I've cried all the way home. I'm going to cry for the next two days because it's just so, um, I'm so upset. And this woman that set the page up said, oh, that's okay. That's fine. That's normal. And I'm like, no, that's not normal. That's not normal. No, 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 no. There's, there's so many um, ways that you can, there's so many things you can do to put support in place so you don't feel like that. It's not healthy to feel like that and it's not normal to feel like that. Um, and you've got to support yourself and create that network so you don't feel that overwhelm and, and disconnect and isolation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, like we were talking about, we might just touch on that quickly here while we're at it. Um, my last episode, as we record this was an episode about when my daughter's partner partner died. If you want to listen to that, you can head to madmumsy.com forward slash beers 10. That's the number 10. And it made me really think about how we get through and not just me, but how other people get through when they're dealing with tough times and crap gets thrown at you and everything's going wrong or not necessarily wrong but big major issues are happening um from a personal level nicole how how do you deal with it what strategies do you have so that you're not the one who goes home and cries for two days how (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) how do you get through yeah i would always advocate um time for yourself um you know i said that week three earlier and this isn't in terms of you know having a partner die but when you're living the FIFO lifestyle and you've got really long periods on your own and particularly if you're working and you've got kids, you have to put time aside for yourself and you have to do what what makes you happy and what gives you joy. And if you're an introvert, you know, that means that you'll need to recharge by reading a book or, you know, having quiet time and you've got to do that. Um, something that I really used to love doing but I'm not doing it so much now was getting a facial once a month. So I knew that I had this time coming that was just for me and it would be two hours, hour and a half, two hours, but nobody could contact me. I didn't have to think about anything and it was quite nurturing for my soul. Um, you know, and I just think when, you've, when you're faced with really big challenges is, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Am I fulfilling my purpose? Does this make my heart sing? And that's what I always use. Am I on the right track? Am I on the journey where I need to go um, because if I am, then I can know, well, there's better things coming and that this is just a day and this is just a process and six months down the track, it's going to be very different to today. So when I find myself in those, find myself in those situations, I say, you know, yeah, this is tough, um, but this is just one day and tomorrow is going to be better and six months is going to be different and 12 months, I'm going to look back on this and think, you know, wow, and, and what did I learn from it? What what do I gain from it? I always try and think, for me, that things happen for a reason and what can I take from it? Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for sharing that. That was lovely. I know that we're on a bit of a time schedule here, so we might just move on. I'd like to touch base with you on the government inquiry Yeah. and um, how do you think anything has changed in the mental health inquiry from the findings to what has changed today? Yeah. Uh, Look, I think the inquiry was very impactful for the industry. Um, It gave opportunity for workers and families to express um, their concern. I was saying to somebody yesterday, actually, that I'll have to put you in contact with, that my first, one of my first site visits um, 
was in 2011 and it was for a contractor and we went to the the owner operator site and I was chatting to one of the site supervisors and he said to me we've had suicides on every site mm-hmm. and that that was when I first heard of it and it really kind of resonated with me and as I went on I just learned more and more and more and I would talk to people and they would tell me that they knew someone that had suicided or someone on their crew and you know my husband wasn't at work one Christmas but one of the guys um you know, made a, a noose and jumped off the side of the rig. And oh, just at just at the time when the biggest guy in the rig was actually walking past and they managed to save him, thank God. But And I could just understand, you know, that the pressure of the lifestyle and if you're not equipped and if you don't know what you're going into, it can, it can just, it can be really super challenging. Some people love it. Don't get me wrong. I know some people love the lifestyle but some people really struggle with it, and I was concerned. And I actually said this to the um, to one of the the heads of a, a really big company because I was involved in quite a few closed door um, meetings. And they said, "But Nicole, some people love the lifestyle." They said to me, "Nicole, some people love the lifestyle, and who are you to tell us to change things?" And I said, "You know what? I'm not here on behalf of the people that love the lifestyle. I'm here on behalf of the ones that are challenging, challenged by it." and who struggle with it because they shouldn't have to and we should be doing things better. And if we can save one life, if we can save one life, we are making a difference, whether that's today or tomorrow. And I'm not going to focus on the ones that are loving on it, loving the lifestyle because they're cool, they're rocking it. But it's the rest of the people that might be having, you know, relationship problems or problems with their kids or financial problems and and feel that, you know, they're somewhat trapped. I know FIFO is a choice, but, you know, at the moment it's pretty bloody tough. Um, and I, and that, I was like, this is what I'm here for. You know, this is what I want to help change. And if we can do that, then this is bloody worth doing. Yeah, that's right. And someone's got to get out there and start talking about it. And so much has changed just from people talking about it. And there's a lot more groups and communities and things being set up Oh, uh, yeah. all across the country. Every time you turn around, there's another one, which is fantastic. And a lot of that has got a lot to do with why I started the podcast because no one was podcasting about mining. And I want to get people like yourself onto the podcast so that we can now listen to it yeah. as well. And, you know, I don't want Mad Mumsy to just be another one that's writing about it all. Well, okay, I'm doing it in a different way, but doing it on a different platform and getting all those other people who are writing about it and doing what they can to help as often as they can in their way and then spreading the word and sharing it out too. That's that's my passion as well. That's where I'm coming from. But this isn't about me. This is about you. No, but what? <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is, Mad Mumsy, is that you are so on point there because it's when you share your passion and you think you can make a difference that things start to change and you never know who you're going to reach by doing your podcast, whether it's this episode or one 12 months down the track. It's having that belief that I'm passionate about this, I might be able to create change and you just got to go forth and do it. I'm, I'm such a firm believer of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And if yeah. no one's in Me. that space, even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag be first was my big thing and I was absolutely shitting myself that someone else was going to do it and I'd go no because as you know I think that I was going to do my biz with a minor book 
you were helping yes, to support yes. me with that and that in a possible campaign, but that never came up. And I did two interviews and then I was going to write them. And I thought that was cool. That was so much fun. And yeah, so I'm a talker. That That's why it went more that way. But um, anyway, back to back to you. I know that things have changed for you. Can you tell us uh, why you've taken a new direction yeah, and sure. what that new direction is because it's very exciting yeah. and I'd like to share it with you. It is. Listeners. It is. So I mentioned earlier that um, one of my incarnations um, was as a teacher, a secondary school teacher, and that was that's fairly recent, I guess, in the scheme of things. I graduated from that 11 years ago doing a post-grad dip in secondary teaching because I always wanted to be a teacher, always. And I actually I love teaching. I love sharing and, you know, obviously I love to create change and be able to take a person from one spot to another by sharing information and, and values I find really empowering. So, you know, FIFO Families was a, an amazing vehicle for me because I was very passionate about the lifestyle and I really did want to create change and improve things for not only the, the workers and the families but also the companies you know, if we can look after the workers and the families, we're going to have um, improved productivity and incomes, you know, for the companies as well. So it was a very clear win-win to me. Because FIFO Families was getting so busy, my husband actually came out of FIFO um, just over two years ago. So he was at home with the kids. We did the big flip. So <laughs> he was at home with the kids and then I was working full-time. And then what I found was that FIFO Families was becoming, to me, quite a sales job. So I had to go and sell the concept of FIFO Families to the companies to keep the company going, to create that income. And I just kind of got to the point when I'm, I'm not enjoying this. This is not why I set the company up. I didn't set the company up to be a salesperson. I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I created the change. I made the impact. But that that real drive for me to to serve people and to help people and to teach people was starting to diminish. So, um, you know, I, I thought, well, what else can I do? Because I just felt, you know, it was time for me to move on. I'd, I'd done what I'd set out to achieve and I'd achieved it and I was so proud of, of what we did. And I just thought, well, it's time to hand the reins to someone else and to set out about doing what I'm really passionate about, which is educating people. So um, I'm doing a couple of things. Um, I'm working one-on-one with people and I'm, I'm mentoring them. So I'm not, I'm not coaching. I'm not a coach. But if you want to set up a business, if you want to create change, if you're an advocate or, you know, you want to you want to start something, you're not sure where to start, that's what I help people do is is because I think very big picture. So I can get them to that end goal and we can reverse engineer going backwards what they need to do and what they need to, to put in place to succeed and, and get their, their goals happening. And because, as you mentioned, with FIFO Families, I've done hundreds and hundreds, over 400 media interviews you know, across the country and, and internationally, I thought, you know, that's a really powerful niche that all business owners should be tapping into because if you know how the media works and you know what to say and how to write a media release and when you should be writing a media release and reaching out to the media, um, it can totally transform your business, absolutely, totally transform your business and what you're doing and you become, you can become a market leader, you can become someone with credibility and authority and your business can be the go-to business like FIFO Families was. So, I'm helping people, you know, business owners do that, get into the media for free through my little business called High Profit Media. And then my um, my mentoring is, is called Breakthrough Mentoring. So that's what I'm up to now. Oh, that sounds really exciting times. 
really exciting and I can hear the passion in your voice yeah now and that, and thanks. and that's what that's what you want is obviously to be following your passion and and to share the lessons that you've that you've learned oh, I can't wait to sit down and have another chat with you <laughs> all of that many <laughs> lessons oh dear and um learning the hard uh, way is the most effective way of learning that mumsy hands down <laughs> <laughs> um of course I'll have all the links to those businesses for you in the show notes which can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 14 that's the number 14 i'd also like to ask nicole what is the best way that people can get in touch with you where do you hang out where's the best way for yeah so there's a few ones um twitter is nicole ashby capital n capital a underscore one nicole ashby underscore one um email nicole at hi then hyphen or dash profitmedia.com um and facebook is nikki ashby so n-i-c-c-i ashby or high profit media on facebook um that's the best and and can i just you know anybody that wants to have if anyone is listening and thinking gosh i'd really like to have a chat with nicole or i've got this idea it could be a business you know i'd just like to offer a free 15 minute consult with anyone who wants to have a chat with me as well Oh, that's lovely. And just tell them that Mad Mumsy sent you. Absolutely. Yeah, make sure you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you, you tell me that, that Mad Mumsy sent you for sure. Nicola, look after you. She'll look after my peeps. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. yeah, okay, yeah. Well, and again, all, all of those social media channels and everything, just head over to the show notes and the links will be there. Makes it nice and easy. Beautiful. Ah, okay. Well, I guess that it's time to say goodbye now. I know we could chat all day and I have been known to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks very much, Nicole, for sitting down in this happy hour episode, even though I had a water and you had a cup of tea. Um, I'm going to celebrate now and have a beer because it's well past beer (laughs) o'clock over here in Queensland. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much, Mad Mumsy, for the opportunity. And I really believe in what you're doing. And, you know, the power of talking and connecting can never be undermined. So congrats to you and keep keep going. Keep doing it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And... Again, uh, remember the show links can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers14. That's madmumsy with a Z or a Z, depending where you're from, and the number 14. I would love you to please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people can hear about the Beers with a Minor podcast. If you head to madmumsy.com forward slash iTunes, you'll find the subscribe link. And please share with your mates. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, stay safe, be real, be special and have fun for we only live once. Cheers.